Here's a message from Ken Lavica. That big guy in Philadelphia. God, do I hate him, but damn it, do I respect him. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There are some players that annoy you beyond belief, just their mannerisms or the team they play for, or just them as an individual. But when they explode, it is damned impressive. And I've got to give a hat tip to Joel Embiid today. Ken Levick alive here on a Thursday on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Keely Ferguson was supposed to be in. She is the show mom. She is the station queen. She could not make it in. So instead, we go from show mom to show Party girl sister, Jeanette Javier. She's coming in for a second straight day here on Ken Levick Alive. Good to have Jeanette back here. And we are going to resolve her Buccaneers playoff game attendance saga that we delved into yesterday. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs everything until 2 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. Coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the increasingly warm and more Florida-ish intracoastal. Let me give you this stat line last night from Joel Embiid. The Sixers beat the Magic. Sorry, Jeanette, as I tried and Everybody has, it's fine. Die hard Magic fan. And let me tell you, the Orlando Magic, that's a hard suck this year. It's the Orlando Tragic, yeah, as I've called them all season. It is awful. They are, they are unwatchable. Thank I'm you. sorry. Thank H- you. How much have you actually watched them? I hope not much. None. Yeah, yeah you're not missing I have the Tampa thing. Bay Buccaneers to kind <laughs> yeah. of balance things out. Man, Magic bad. But the Sixers beat Orlando 123 to 110. Check out this line for Joel Embiid. 50 points. And that by itself, you're like, wow, that's a great performance. 17 of 23. You say, oh man, that's incredible. Inefficient 50 points for Joel Embiid. 27 minutes. He did all of that in 27 minutes last night, it's almost as if the Sixers threw it to the post. The Magic held out red flags and said, Ole! And let him go to town on the rim. Joel Embiid, 50 points, 27 minutes, 17 of 23. Oh, yeah, ho-hum, he added 12 rebounds as well. It was against the Magic, though. So, <laughs> so chill out. So you're just going to undercut his performances. They're still NBA players, even though they're bad NBA players. It, it, would, it would be a different light if it were like against the Heat <laughs> oh, or man. the Nets. That's or funny. The Celtics. You know what? The Bulls. I knew that was coming. But against the Magic. Come I, on. I knew it's not that impressive. Driving in today, when I, I knew that when I brought up this, that I was going to give Joel Embiid credit that Jeanette, Magic fan Jeanette, with nothing to hang her proverbial hat on this year, was immediately going to say, but it was against the Magic. I, I support that team. I support them more than the Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers oh, in a regular season. But I'm sorry, I don't find it as impressive because it was against the Orlando Tragic. We can even call them that. Okay? So, so uh, all right, Jeanette aside, who is not going to give Joel Embiid <laughs> any credit here, I look at that, and I look at the 50 points in 27 minutes, 17 of 23, and I mean, objectively, Friday Night Lights, that is an all-world stat line, right? 
what we need to look at is who's done that in 27 minutes. Who's dropped against the magic, everyone? Who's <laughs> dropped a 50 bomb in 27 minutes? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't care who it's against. That is a remarkable number, and to do it with only six missed shots. That's awesome. Because I'm looking at last night, and the Nuggets played the Clippers. Jokic went for 49, mm-hmm. 14, and 10. Yeah. With 41 minutes. With 41 minutes. He almost played the whole damn game. The entire game. Yeah. So, so you've got 27 minutes, 50 points. And Joel Embiid, I don't know if it's because he plays for the Sixers, and the Sixers drive me absolutely insane, and I can't stand the process. The process. The process. What has the process done? It's led to one Eastern Conference Finals appearance. It has led to them not even really getting all that close to the finals. It certainly hasn't led to anything resembling a championship. And it's led to one of the biggest pieces of the process, not playing all season, pouting because he doesn't know how to shoot outside of 10 feet. Uh, that, that when, when part of your process hasn't learned how to shoot from outside of 10 feet, and, and the only thing keeping him relevant is that he one time dated a Kardashian... That's a problem, right? Like Ben Simmons, that's a massive problem. So I hate the process. The process also thought that Jimmy Butler was a bad teammate. Let's not forget mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. The process thought that Jimmy Butler was a player that the Sixers didn't need and needed to part ways with. Hey, whatever. Their loss is the Heat's gain over and over and over and over again. And by the way, Jimmy deserved ejection last night. You got jobbed on that call. You had every right to be angry. Go Heat. The Heat win again. Beat Portland. They're tops in the East. Anyways, as someone who supports the Heat like I do, as someone who enjoys nothing more, there might be not be another team. Boston's in that realm but I think there's there's no other team that's more satisfying for the Heat to beat down on than the Sixers. A couple of weeks ago when the Heat lost, that's been really their only blemish in the last three weeks. That was infuriating because it came at the hands of the Sixers. It's so great to beat Philly, and a big part of it is because you get to see Joel Embiid, grumpy, frustrated face. Joel Embiid, big, lunk uh, just meandering all over the floor. It's great to see him frustrated. When you can frustrate Embiid, when you can take him out of his game, you're doing something right. But what I will say, in an NBA that is no longer a big man's game, in an NBA that is more a wing game, even someone like the MVP, Nikola Jokic, he is more of a wing dynamic than he is a post dynamic. He is as good a post passer as he is a post-footwork connoisseur, Mm -hmm. a post-scorer. This is a wing game. This is a length game. This is not a size game anymore in the NBA. So for big old Joel Embiid to consistently be the best player on the floor for the 76ers, a team that is always going to be a playoff team, a team that is always at least going to be a sexy pick to come out of the East, and a guy who has... At some points, almost single-handedly dragged his team to more playoff success than they actually deserve. I can't stand him, but I respect him. I mean, Joel Embiid is the real deal. A healthy Joel Embiid Mm -hmm. is a dominant force in a sport that no longer allows for the big men to be the dominant force on the floor if they can't extend their game outside of 15 feet. And make no mistake, Joel Embiid will pop a three occasionally mm-hmm. as well, but he gets the vast majority of his points from 10 feet and in. He's one of the rare all-stars that can still do that. And so, again, I, I love to see him beaten. I love to see him frustrated. 
I love when the Heat throw the basketball pie in his face. But there's no doubt when I see, no matter who it's against, Jeanette, mm-hmm. 50 points in 27 minutes, how can you not say, you know what, I can't stand him, but that guy rules. He's really, really good. And that's where I'm at right now with Joel Embiid. I've always respected him. I've always looked at him as a top-tier player in the NBA. And he no is. No matter what. He is. And I kind of like his personality. He has that personality that just... Well, he's goofy. He's completely do- goofy. He doesn't really care what other people say about him at all. And he lets his emotions... He's, he's let his emotions ride throughout the game. And the way he's been able to handle so many different personalities and so much drama with the 76ers, I've always respected him. And as he, a player, and I've always liked, enjoyed watching him. Yeah, and he's a tough matchup. He's a tough matchup, as the Magic found out last night. He's just a good player. He takes up a lot of real estate. He knows how to use his body. And I think big men sometimes get a little bit of a reputation as a little bit lazy. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid's not lazy. No, he That hustles. guy competes. He and hustles. And that's why I appreciate him as well. So while it's fun to see the Sixers lose and to see Embiid lose, I mean, I would flat out say I hate the Sixers. They're just annoying. And it all comes from the process. I'm sick of hearing about the process. Go to a finals. Go to a finals, and then we can talk about the process. The process made you a perennial playoff team. Congrats. But Joel Embiid, he's good. Does it, and honestly, how long does the process go? I feel like the process well, has been around for like a decade yeah, plus. Now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. At some point, the process needs like a drop-dead date. Right, The process can't go on for, you know, that's like saying, ah, the Vietnam War. That was a process. And especially when they say trust the process. How long are you trusting the yeah. process for? This is not really trustworthy and process. what do we trust about it now? Yeah, yeah the, exactly. Because again, a key component, a pillar of your process no longer plays and has been demanding to get out of Philadelphia for the better part of a year now. Oh, and by the way, can't shoot outside of 10 feet. Like that, I'm not trusting a process that brought in Ben Simmons. Sorry, but Joel Embiid, He's the real deal. Now, you, Jeanette, you watch sports through a petty lens, and I know you do. Of course. Um, and uh, I think that's both our nature a little bit, but whether it's the Bucks or the Magic or any one of your teams, you watch and uh, a rival comes in and an opponent comes in, and uh, you've got to, you get to this point after more than one occasion of seeing this person just go hard against your team or uh, more than one occasion of seeing them just relentlessly beat up an opponent where your team fell short against. And you have to say to yourself, fine, that player is amazing. Mm-hmm. Who is that for you? Well, he's not active, but i watching Drew Brees. And I'll even say the ghost of Drew Brees still exists <laughs> against the Tampa <laughs> the Bay Buccaneers. of Drew Brees. Oh, my gosh. But watching Drew Brees, I remember just in his when he played against the Buccaneers it was an automatic why can't we beat this guy mm-hmm. why can't we beat this man uh, just except in over. the playoffs except in the playoffs yeah, so we sure. beat him when it mattered yeah but Brady couldn't even he, he Brady couldn't even beat Drew Brees in the regular season the Buccaneers Winston, Winston came back at us against the Saints yeah he had the spirit of Drew Brees in him exactly so for me it was always Drew Brees and I wrote down somebody who's playing against the Buccaneers this Sunday Odell Beckham Jr. so you can't stand him you can't stand ODB but you respect him what is it about Odell that drives you crazy him is it the blonde hair his style is a little awkward he can't really pull it off but I <laughs> I, I, I appreciate his confidence and thinking that he can pull it off uh-huh. there's something to that but three-time pro bowler you know he was the rookie of the year 
He's actually pretty good. He has an executive of the year, his dad. (laughs) His father, his father, Odell Beckham Sr., is the NFL executive of the year. Absolutely. And he is, even I think what what he did with the Browns, he was always underrated to a certain degree. And the problem is he was hurt. And his quarterback was, sorry, Friday Night Lights, bad. Exactly. Yeah, bad. Bad Baker. But I I just never really liked him. Mm -hmm. He's He's not the easiest person to like, but when things are going well for him, it is easy to get behind him. Yes. And I can see where you're coming from with the Bucks. You respect him, but also there's that fear that I'm you could scared. see him with multiple touchdown catches this weekend he's on a, that Bucks defense. He's a weapon with yeah. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that's a and good one. And he's proved that. I like, Od- I like that one. Odell Beckham. So Drew Brees, part of uh, Saints yesteryear, Bucks saints rivalry yesteryear, but then also Odell Beckham <laughs> who gets his shot at the, uh, the Bucks this weekend. All right, Friday Night Lights. What about you? Uh, the 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 guy that you can't stand, but you just have respect for him because man, he just rules. I think you'll appreciate this, Ken. I thought you were gonna say me. No, Jeanette. I don't know if you're gonna know him, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm. He's a going the soccer route, huh? I just I think he's the most arrogant oh. person. He's the most arrogant person on the planet. Honestly, more than, than any celebrity that you've seen oh, no. that's arrogant in any interview. That man I believes in himself. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's beautiful. He is beautiful. Is he still with Inter Milan? He is. Okay. Oh, AC Milan now. But AC Milan, gotcha. So, like, there are quotes like this. I can't help but laugh at how perfect I am. <laughs> I know I'm good enough. Like, this is I not don't. an act, by the way. It's not an act. There was a story that <laughs> when he came to L.A. to play in the... Um, MLS. Yeah, with the Galaxy. LeBron had sent him a jersey, mm-hmm. a Lakers jersey. Zlatan, without knowing why he sent it, signed it and sent it back to LeBron James. Stop! <laughs> no, he did yeah, it. I swear. Yeah. I but, kind of love that. By the way, when, when Zlatan Ibrahimovic left LA, he took out a full page ad in the LA yes. Times that said, You're welcome. <laughs> But there's a level of that, like that cockiness. Like well, you have to respect it. He's, he's so incredible. It's natural. It's not even a it's cockiness. It's, yeah. it's how he is. Yeah. And so if you're an opposing soccer fan, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic really made a name for himself at PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. So if you're any one of those French teams, you absolutely hated him. But man, he was awesome. He has played for the uh, the Swedish national team. So if you're like the Netherlands, you hate him. But you can't deny that he is a transcendent, otherworldly talent as well. But his mannerisms, that's what made people hate him because he has undying, unflinching confidence. Zlatan's a good one and an outside-the-box one. He'll score a goal and take his shirt off and touch each six of his abs. Yeah. Like, Let him do that. Yeah. Let him do that. I'm not complaining I mean, it really it. has been a competition between him and Cristiano Ronaldo about who is the most arrogant person on the planet. Oh, Absolutely. I thought you were say the most attractive. I don't think Cristiano's that attractive at all. Excuse me? He's cute but he's not like oh my god i don't understand like the craziness about Christian. Oh. both both of the bo- both of the heterosexual males in this room <laughs> are looking at jeanette in disgust right now I, how dare you he listen if what we are, have we, what are we in ken uh, yeah. what are we in ken then yeah this is unbelievable he is a guy who will take longer in the restroom to get ready than i will be like, if he I, takes Five hours minimum. Hey, if I had that abdominal muscle definition, I would take as much time to uh, no. to, to, to abdominal no. pump in the locker room. We're, we're thigh guys. Yeah, we're thigh, we're guys. Th- thigh season all the time. Five and a half inch in scenes on the shorts. Ronaldo's our, our president. Yeah, that is our president because he's thigh season 24-7 no matter where he's at. He probably puts like spray tan on his so, abs, no contours it. It's too much. Uh, that That is, this is a stunning revelation. I'll take Zlatan. Ibrahimovic, Latan Ibrahimovic. I'll take him over Cristiano. All right, that's every fine. day. Fine, whatever. I mean, you're wrong on that, but wow, that's fine. Wow. Your opinion is your own. That's fine. You're a part of the show. You can have your opinion. Uh, the <laughs> the player that you can't stand, 
but damn it, you respect him. For me, it's Joel Embiid. 50 points last night in 27 minutes. For Jeanette, the ghost of Drew Brees against her Buccaneers, but also Odell Beckham fits that mold for her. Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights says... Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's actually a really good one. The player you can't stand, but you respect him. What are yours? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We already have a bunch on social media at ESPN West Palm where you can still weigh in. 888-760-3776. The player that you can't stand, but you respect him. I mean, honestly, it pains me as a Heat supporter, to look at Joel Embiid and have to give him credit. like It's it's physical cringe. It's retching at the mere thought. Because again, it's so satisfying to beat him. I love that long face. And, you know, because he's big and he's oafish, so him just ambling off the floor in sadness, that's a good feeling. But I also know that in the playoffs, if the Heat and the Sixers meet, and Embiid's dropping a triple-double, and in the final five minutes, they're feeding him the ball in the post, and he's taking it at bam, getting to the free-throw line, which could conceivably happen. It's going to drive me insane. And I can't get mad at it. I have to just acknowledge it, right? There's no use in getting mad at it because he's that good. He's capable of doing that. It's not like he'd be doing anything that is shocking in that moment. That's always a possibility, and you have to respect that. Yes, if there's one bright light about the process, and I did that with air quotes, this process is taking way too long for y'all, it is Joel Embiid, for that reason. He's consistent, he dominates, and when when he's healthy, Mm -hmm. for sure, and no matter who you put around him, he creates, he puts everybody, he stands everybody up much bigger. Me as a child, young Ken Levicka, let's just go back to the days of yesteryear. Uh, No, no, not the 70s, thank you very much. It's more the early 90s, thank you very much, okay? Um, uh, Maybe even late 80s in this point, but uh, (laughs) scrawny kid, uh, someone who would play video games and do the play-by-play to it while he's playing the video games. True story. That definitely happened in Ken Levicka's life in his basement in suburban Chicago. Yes, I was very much a nerd. There is no denying that whatsoever. Um, But, you know, being a huge Bulls fan, Growing up, obviously the Bulls' nemesis was the Knicks. The last time the Knicks were relevant, by the way. But the Knicks were the nemesis of the Bulls. And so, couldn't stand Patrick Ewing. Here's the thing. John Starks, he'd be an easy one to say, oh, I can't stand it, but I respect him. There was nothing to respect about John Starks. Uh Uh-uh. That guy was a punk. He was a dirty player. He was garbage. John Starks, no respect for that guy. Mm -hmm. Dirty, dirty player with marginal talent who got lifted up by what was around him on those Knicks teams. That's right. John Starks, garbage. No respect there. But Patrick Ewing, Mm. there was respect there because you knew that he could go up against Bill Cartwright and have himself a huge game. The Knicks were going to go to him late in games. He came damn close a number of times to beating the Bulls, the Jordan Bulls in the playoffs. Always fell short. I want to make sure that I emphasize, but he came close. He's someone that would go at Luke Longley, Bill Weddington. Was it times when Jordan was on the bench, the best player on the floor? He was the best player on the Bulls' biggest rival, and I respected him. Hated him, but respected him. (laughs) Okay, so uh, that's that's what I'm talking about is everybody has that person. I don't think there is a single fan out there who doesn't have one of those players where uh, they they'll say, I hate that guy. Bleep that guy. Screw that guy. But there's also an acknowledgement where they're scared. If you're scared 
of a player on another team because you're worried about what he's capable of doing against your team, that's respect, right? Yes. Like It's not just fear. It's rooted in respect. Absolutely. Now, what would you call the fan, me in this case, who has a player that they absolutely hate, <clears throat> Dwight Howard, <clears throat> but respects them because of what they did for the team? Um, I'd call that jilted lover. Okay. Yeah. Because if you're talking about Dwight Howard, you being a Magic fan, uh, you're just mad I, at the I way he left the Magic. I get angry. Yeah. The, the Stan I'm Van Gundy talking right now. behind his back. Putting uh, his arm around him yeah, for yeah, no yeah. reason yeah. while he was minding his business answering a press conference? I think that I, I think that, that ha- hating a player but respecting them is different than being a jilted lover of an athlete. That's where you're at with Dwight Howard. I have no idea how to react, and that's where that's where I draw the line. Like, I have no idea how to react if Dwight Howard like, hey, Jeanette, how are you? But who are you to say my name and say hi to me, <laughs> Dwight? <laughs> how dare you? It, it, the but I'm not lover. scared of him playing the magic. No, because he's, he's bad. Exactly. He's bad. Uh, he's been bad for a while. Uh, that, yeah, it's a totally different conversation. Okay. It's funny. The Jilted Lover conversation is funny because I haven't had many of them, but one of my... It's, I, I don't know why today's conversation is going more to basketball. I think it's just the nature of the game, uh, at least for me. But my biggest Jilted Lover as a kid, from an athlete standpoint, was BJ Armstrong, of all people. <laughs> really? He left the Bulls... <laughs> Uh, he left the Bulls to go to Charlotte after the first three championships, and then Jordan comes back in 1996, 90, and uh, the Hornets play the Bulls in the first round. The Hornets took game two, and B.J. Armstrong proceeded to ta- – he had a big shot late and taunted the United Center crowd, and that was at that point. How dare B.J. Armstrong do that to me? So that's just an insight into the weird sports mind that I have that really the only jilted lover I can remember from a sports standpoint for me – is B.J. freaking Armstrong. But back to the topic at hand. The player you hate that you respect. Joel Embiid, I have nothing but respect for that guy, even though I can't stand him with the 50 points last night. And I know he's just, he's, he's a competitor. That guy can flat out ball, even though the game, the NBA game, no longer caters to someone of his build. He still finds a way to dominate. I respect that. For Jeanette Javier, Odell Beckham. That's going to loom large, I have a feeling, this weekend. She can't stand Odell, but she respects him. She might be respecting him more when he's catching multiple touchdown passes for Matt Stafford and Raymond James. And then Stone's going the soccer route. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That guy's cocky. That guy loves himself. Easy to hate. But, man, you see him score miraculous goals, and you do nothing but hat tip. Who's the player you hate? But your respect, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Thursday, I'm Ken Levick, alive, and as always, we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. There's no hate there. It's all respect, and it's all respect for the FAU MBA Sport Management Program from every Every portion of the sports industry, because let me tell you about what happens when you get your degree. You get an MBA at Sport Management at Florida Atlantic. You send them into potential employers in the sports industry. They see education. They see that MBA. And immediately... You become a priority because they know that for the last 22 years, Dr. Jim Reardon and the FAU MBA Sport Management Program has brought in professors who are in the sports industry, giving you first-hand knowledge of the sports industry, how to maneuver, 
how to operate, how to do business. You come out prepared to make a long story short. That's what you do with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This is your path to the sports industry. Find out more. Spring semester and uh, summer semester and fall semester classes, I should say. Summer and fall 2022. Right now, you can sign up for them. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Just a little example. Tara Quinn, who's she? Well, she just started with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. She was working part-time at IMG Academy. After she got accepted into the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, she got a promotion to their full-time event coordinator. Aligning yourself with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, if you want to do sports, if you want to do sports business, yeah, it's the best idea. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. The player you just hate, but you got to respect them. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. She's Jeanette Javier, I'm Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. The Heat right now with the uh, the Bulls falling apart. I mean, now Lonzo Ball has a major injury, potentially. The Bulls were the darlings of the NBA, the best story in the NBA, the best turnaround in the NBA, as early as a week and a half ago. And then the Nets came in and blasted them. And then the Warriors went into Chicago and blasted them. And then they lost to Memphis. And now Lonzo Ball is hurt. Uh, things are not looking good for the Bulls and It's becoming increasingly likely that the college heat, the G League heat, are going to be the top team in the East going into the All-Star break. How incredible is that? By the way, I think Evan Cohen, I mean, Evan was spot on at 1155. His whole five minutes here, first to two today on ESPN 106.3, you'll hear from him again at 555. I mean, he's right. Eric Spolstra is just the tops. We tried to say it the other day, Stone, but Eric Spolstra is tops he's the coach of the year I know that uh, there is always going to be this contingent that tries to undercut him and say that his resume was built by the big three there's no coach in the NBA who can do what he has done with this heat roster with the COVID with the injuries not just in the top eight still that would be an accomplishment in and of itself but at the top of the Eastern Conference Mm -hmm. he's the coach of the year and there's nothing anybody can do to usurp him unless the Heat go on a 24-game losing streak and plummet out of the top eight, which isn't going to happen because now Bam's back. Yes, sir. And Jimmy is going to consistently be back. Tyler Hero's in, like, COVID protocols for, like, the 15th time this year for some reason, but he'll be back on a consistent basis. Everything is coming together. They not only weathered the storm, they dominated completely shorthanded. It's incredible. Eric Spolstra is the coach of the year, but... As a Heat fan, you go into the playoffs and the prospect of meeting up with the Sixers, which is annoying in and of itself, and then possibly being on the wrong end of a matchup with Joel Embiid, that's scary. That's frightening. Want to know why it scares me and why it frightens me? It's because I respect Joel Embiid, even though I can't stand him. And it's scary to see a stat line that shows 50 points, on 17 of 23 shooting last night in 27 minutes in a win over the Magic. That's scary, but I respect it. 
against the Orlando Magic. I know, I know. I, and I, I, I know that that qualifier, it makes me feel better. I appreciate yes. you bringing it up. Makes me feel better. But that's still an absurd performance. And Friday Night Lights made a good point, Stone. You've made a good point in the break that it's frustrating with Embiid because you look at him in pregame warm-ups, and what's he doing on the bench? He's sitting there watching anime. Watching anime. Yeah. <laughs> Not even going through his full warm-ups. And then he just casually trots out to a double-double. At least. Most nights. That's his pregame warm-up, though. Everybody has a routine yeah, that routine. you have to do. Every- you can do it in the locker room. But, I mean. The last one I saw, he was actually getting a massage pregame while watching. No, well, there's nothing wrong with that. They were rubbing his shoulders and then zoomed in and he was watching it. In fact, uh, I, I now propose that we have a show massager to massage us before like every show. Let's go! Now, I think that's an HR problem, potentially, if we ask one of our teammates here at ESPN West Palm to be that person. Maybe that's another question we can ask Courtney later, is uh, what are the odds that a teammate can be the show massager for gift cards? I think that's a great question to ask. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. We'll throw some gift cards in there. I mean, it can't get any worse than what we tried to do yesterday, oh, getting yeah. my Super Bowl ticket yeah, yeah, getting, paid for. Getting the, 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 the station to put together a GoFundMe so Jeanette could go to the Super Bowl. That got uh, soundly smacked down. Uh, we'll have a playoff attendance update here with Jeanette Javier. Also, the debut of Jeanette's Sports Movie Spectacular later on today here on Ken LaVica Live. She is Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken LaVica. Friday Night Light, Stone Labanowitz. He's hanging out by the phones and making sure the board runs smoothly. Who is the athlete that you hate, but you respect? You can't help but respect this person. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Let's go ahead and go to Twitter, where we did ask the question, which player in any sport do you begrudgingly respect? Ross Davenport says Bryson DeChambeau. Now, that light stone is outside of the box. So, you worked uh, uh, at the PGA Tour for a couple of years, Uh, Jeanette. Did you ever run into Bryson DeChambeau, the early version of uh, the the big smart meatball? No, but I worked with people who've directly had conversations with him. And how does that go for them? Not so well. (laughs) They're not such high regard for Bryson DeChambeau. Senor Bryson DeChambeau and his hats. Uh, His hats are weird. I'm trying to find the best way to describe Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, arrogant. Uh, he has, like Aaron Rodgers, the smartest guy in the room syndrome, except it makes more sense because he's a, like a, a physics major. He was at SMU. So that at least makes sense. He has the degree as right. opposed to the friendship with Joe Rogan to show off how, uh, how, how intelligent <laughs> he is. Uh, but Bryson DeChambeau never quite knows when to keep his mouth shut about things, right? And he never knows when to stop, which was really sort of the the key part of the rivalry he had with Brooks Kepka. He just doesn't know when to shut up. He's a troll. He's a troll. He's a human, yes, woolly troll. Yeah. And and this is also the guy who drank so many protein shakes to bulk up because he wanted to hit the ball farther than anybody that he had to withdraw, nearly withdraw from a tournament because his stomach hurt. He thought he had COVID and he was wondering why his stomach hurt. Bro, it's because you were eating eight. You were drinking eight protein shakes a day. Like, man. come on, man. He's the athlete that you talk when caveman voice. Me, Bryson, yeah. protein, yes. But it's it's the he thinks he's smarter than everybody because of the, the physics of the sport. And he wants his drivers and his, his wedges at a particular angle. And he comes at them at a particular angle. That's great. And that's fun to talk about the science of the game. But if you can't putt, you're not going to win a lot. And all that big brain power for Bryson DeChambeau. And somehow he still hasn't figured out how to putt. And that's why he only has one major. You, you get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau's annoying. 
He's just annoying. But you do respect him because, boy, does he stay consistent to what he believes in, and that's being big, being hulked up, hitting the ball the hell of a long way, and saying anything that pops into his head. That's Bryson DeChambeau. What a troll. But he is a troll. He is a troll. He is a human walking troll. The player that you can't stand but you respect, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. We've got a couple of these. Dave McDonald says Brady. Al Bott going with Brady. Dave Hess says Tom Brady. <laughs> and Mike Hirsch also going with Tom Brady. I That's the quintessential one because there's such a gigantic difference between Patriots Tom Brady and Buccaneers yes. Tom Brady. Buccaneers Tom Brady is so much, and I, I mean, I feel like we've, exa- we've exhausted uh, this conversation, but it's worth mentioning in this context that Tom Brady, the Buccaneers version, is so much more open, has so much more personality, mm-hmm. is so much less robotic, so much more likable. I found myself rooting for him last year. What? Which was insane, and it was so unnerving, and it was so unsettling, and uh, Tom Brady is the quintessential. I can't stand him. I hate the winning. I hate the fact that he has the, the perfect wifey has the perfect family even though there's the weird lip kissing with his kids and there's i mean everything about him he's got the best facebook posts everything about him is perfect he's got the dimple like the, the he he's one of the rare people that can pull off the bunt dimple Agreed. Uh, on his on his chin Agreed. uh but but man he wins so much and you're so jealous of him but also there's a little part of you that says oh, all right tommy yeah for a guy that that eats the most ridiculous diet Based on kale and like berries. Carrots. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like normal people shouldn't be able to function off of that. For a guy uh, that, that, that lives basically in a closed off bubble, mm-hmm. uh, for a guy that can't go out in public, you think to yourself, ah, oh, he's just like one of us. Like he's the most unrealistic, uh, unrealistic uh, profile to attain, yet he seems like one of us. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't understand it. And Being drunk off tequila at the parade. Yeah, really avocado turned, tequila. Really turned it around for me. <laughs> that really? Was, that was the relatable part. I was like, you know what? He's you know kind what? of one of us. He's like, you know, what? you know what, Tom? I've been there. I get it. I get it. I've been there. I've been on boats drunk off tequila before. That was relatable. Now, the avocado tequila part, not so relatable. But the tequila part, relatable. We've all been there, Tommy. We've all been there. It's okay. He should have come for us to ad- for us to advi- for advice. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. You can speak. That's fine. But... I, I just, I, I Tom Brady is, I, I feel like that's the one name that you get the most here. This is an interesting one. Finhead tweets, Floyd Mayweather is the athlete that I can't stand, but I respect. He's just an all-around ass. A year ago, I also would have said Tom Brady, but he's become more open and respectable since leaving New England. Floyd Mayweather? Another Socrates oh, guy. Oh, boy. What's that? Another Socrates guy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like he knows everything. Yeah, right. He's the smartest man in the room. Uh, but he's, see, that's what's tough. And that's where. I get it, though. I get where he's saying. I get it. If, if, you're, if you're able to fully separate the man from the sport, yes. But I'd also say in the sport, based on what you believe to be a respectable way to fight, you might not respect him in that sense either. Being a lifetime defensive fighter who is more prone to winning via decision than actually going on the offensive and attacking, I think there's a lot of people that actually don't respect the way in which he fights and certainly don't respect the way in which he's entertaining the Paul brothers to a point where he's openly fixing the bout to come to a decision with one of the Paul brothers. I look at it the other way. I think it's interesting how he found a way to beat the game 
to get to those decisions. And that's what's added to his but doesn't his that, greatness in the sport. So, but that's a discussion about you respecting the fact he found a way to maximize his money uh, as opposed to found a way to become a respectable champion. Like that That's a difficult, and I think that's very, very unique to boxing. Floyd Mayweather, I agree. I respect the way he found a way to make unlimited money. And now he has a legacy undefeated in his career. Nobody's going to take that away from him. But you've got to look a little deeper. I respect the way he got his money, but I don't respect the way he fought the final six years of his professional career. I'm on the other end. I found it interesting, again, how he found a way to kind of go around, circumvent the, circumvent the rules and how to win a game of, of a boxing match. To me, that's interesting, and that's more than just a fighter. You found the mental. You found a way to actually think about the sport and a way to beat the sport. Not just throw punches and yeah. find a way to be to win. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a solid thought. If you're a scumbag, you're right. Uh, oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, no, not the first time. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. If but in a in a corrupt sport, he found a way to to openly be seedy and sketchy and shady. Never mind the fact he's dragging women by their hair allegedly and beating them in Las Vegas condos. I can't stand him out. I can't stand him, period. Period. At all. I would never want to meet the man. But I do respect him as a player, no matter how sketchy you think he won. If it's so weird the way he's playing, why hasn't anybody beaten him yet? No, you're right. You're right. He's He's been the he's best. He's good at what he does. He's been the best at... Ew, I feel like this? I'm defending the man, too. No, you, well, I mean, you are, though. Like, you, ha- you obviously have respect to him, which is fine. Which is fine. I'm just saying with the... With, I'm trying to put... He, he was the best at doing just enough. The best boxing champion to do just enough in his career to be a legend. Play smarter, though. Yeah, and and, the, and he did. The reason he was able to fight into the age he was able to fight until is because he didn't take as much punishment as Manny Pacquiao because Manny Pacquiao left his jaw out there all the time, fought well above his 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 weight class, uh, or fought weight classes he had no business being in, and uh, took a lot of punishment. So yeah, he he fought smarter. You're right. He found a way to do just enough to be arguably the all time great. Yes. I don't know if that like, brings you respect or should bring you the utmost respect, but I think, I mean, Jeanette's on to something Friday Night Lights. I can't truly argue that because he's the one with the belts. He's the one with the championships. He's the one with the money. No matter how he did it, nobody ever accused him of, of cheating, Exa- per se. I, I, I don't want to say exactly because I feel like I'm defending the man. But exactly. No, I love your point, Jeanette. But can't you don't me- have to suck up to her. No, I, I love it, honestly. And I hate the guy, too. But I get what you're saying, and I kind of like it. And I've never heard it before it, with the take on Floyd Mayweather. Like, he found a way to beat the game. Like, I literally love that. Ken, let me ask you, though. Is 50-0 and 0 just enough? 50-0. and 5-0. I did not think coming into today's show... We're, that we're I was going to be, that I was going to be, uh, I was going to be put on the put on the defensive, much like Floyd Mayweather about Floyd Mayweather. So are we both scumbags? Uh, you're entering scumbag territory, Jeanette. I am. <laughs> Jeanette's been yes. all segment. Okay. Yeah. Um. But but with with Floyd Mayweather, you know, fifteen oh. There's been different sections of his career. There was young, spry, able to knock out opponents, Floyd Mayweather, and then it was. Get a play a paycheck, Floyd Mayweather, but still be entertaining. Then it turned into uh, ducking opponents in their prime, 
Floyd Mayweather, and then finally agreeing to f- uh, fights with boxers who were no longer in their prime and uh, going to the judges, which was the last four or five years of his career, Floyd Mayweather. So not all that 50-0 and 0, uh, do I thumb my nose at, but the last, I don't know, the last 10 victories of 50-0 and 0, Sure, we're boring as hell. I hear that. And not worth the sixty nine ninety nine that you're paying uh, to Floyd Mayweather's gambling account to sit down and watch that pay-per-view. That's the only point I'm making about him. Your issues that you pay for the pay-per-views. Well, the, the worst thing that happened to me, what was, the, uh, what was the, the, the app through Twitter that you could watch pirated feeds? Uh, I don't know. Oh, what was that? What was that? Because uh, I, I used to watch it, all the prize fights. I just watched it on that because someone would be sitting in their basement in like Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> and they would, they would be streaming it. And, uh, Periscope. Oh, Periscope. It was Periscope. So I used to just log on to Periscope, and that's how I would, uh, would uh, watch Like That's how I watched Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. That's how I, uh, I watched several championship fights. Uh, and so... Maybe that makes... I'm sitting here talking about scumbags and how you're a scumbag, Jeanette, and how Stone's a scumbag, and I'm the one who used Periscope to watch every title fight over the last seven years. I'm probably the reason they shut Periscope down. (laughs) Well, thanks, Ken. I know. I'm the one to blame. I know. Ken Levick alive. Jeanette Javi are hanging out on this Thursday here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google Play. ESPN 106.3. Who is the athlete that you can't stand but you respect? All of this based off of Joel Embiid and his 50 points last night. Man, I can't stand Joel Embiid, but man, is he good, and I can't deny it. It does no good with me hating on him because the guy is really, 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 really good, and I know that he can beat my team, the Heat, at any, any, any time. Ken Levickalize presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Who is the player that you, you can't stand but you respect? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll continue with your social media posts as well. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.